Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today. Let's continue through our examination of the book of Titus. We're getting pretty close to being to the end of it. As a matter of fact, we are at the end, maybe another episode or two. And uh, so I just want us to see uh, some of the foundational things. We're going to jump into the next verse and then sort of back up a little bit. So we're at Titus chapter 3, and verse 8 says this. This is a trustworthy statement. And concerning these things, I want you to speak confidently. I'm going to stop there in the middle of the verse, in the middle of the sentence. So he says, this is a trustworthy statement. And concerning these things, I want you to speak confidently. Well, what's he talking about? Well, it's the things that we saw in the last episode, really the previous sentence, the previous verses. It's four verses, I think, that make up one sentence. And remember what they said. He says, but when the kindness of God, this is the beginning of verse 4 of Titus 3, when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us. This is what he's talking about. He's talking about our salvation. He's talking about what occurred to us. So continue verse 5. He saved us, not on the basis of deeds, which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. So that's what he wants them to keep, that he said was a trustworthy statement. These are the things that he wants to keep before the people, which we're about to see in just a moment, okay? So by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, verse 6, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal salvation. This is a trustworthy statement. So you see the context now. He's saying what I've just said is a trustworthy statement. You have been justified. You're an heir. We have a hope of eternal life. And this has come about simply because of the mercy the Lord poured out upon us and washing us and regenerating us and renewing us simply by the grace that he's poured out upon us. And he's done that richly. So in verse 8 again, he said, this is a trustworthy statement. And concerning these things, I want you to speak confidently. So the Lord is calling each and every one of us, not just Titus, not just Timothy, not just Paul, each and every believer. He is calling us to speak these things confidently. That's the reason I think that these little uh, these little letters like this, which are such uh, spiritual nuggets, are so useful for us. Because so often we think, well, I just don't have a, all the grasp of the Bible that I need to be able to speak confidently. We can take this third chapter of Titus right here and speak confidently of what the Lord has done in our lives and what he will do in the life of one who calls upon him and who believes. So listen to what he says again, then I'll press on. This is a trustworthy statement. And concerning these things, I want you to speak confidently so that those who have believed God will be careful to engage in good deeds. Because you remember all the good deeds that he was talking about, how older men, older women, younger men, younger women, how they're to act, how they're to react, what they're supposed to do. He said, I want you to 
speak confidently of this trustworthy statement of who we are in the Lord, so that those who have believed God, these are the ones who are truly saved, that they will be careful to engage in good deeds. We are empowered to do good deeds, but we can refuse to do these good deeds. We can turn and operate and function in the flesh, but we need to be careful not to do that. Well, Paul continues on, verse 8. These things are good and profitable for men. So he's literally speaking forth what the Lord has done, and he's telling us to speak these things confidently so that those who have believed will be engaged in good works. And these good works are what's profitable for men. You want to guess what the next word is in the next verse? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was about to say, I would say take a wild guess, but it's not going to be very wild. It's going to be one or two or three words when I say it that way. Verse 9 begins with, but. So he's just told us to be careful to engage in good deeds. He's just told us these things are good and profitable for men. But avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and strife and disputes about the law for they are unprofitable and worthless. He's telling us to avoid these foolish controversies, these foolish questions. And you say, well, what questions are those? Oh, there's any number of them, any limit of them. I encountered one this week with someone who was um, talking, and they said, you know, well, basically I want to leave you all with uh, a question. And it was just a foolish question because the answer was readily available if you know the Word of God. And you don't have to be you know, someone who's memorized it and knows all the nuances of the Hebrew, Greek, and the Aramaic. No, the Scripture was very clear. But the whole thing was we, we get so caught up, and boy, so many people do this, get so caught up with trying to be, the only way to refer to it is twice too cute, okay? Trying to be so wise, trying to come across as knowing so much, and trying to do it in a way that would be entertaining, that would be attractive to people. And generally speaking, if you just pay attention to people's body language, you find out that it's going over like a lead balloon, <laughs> okay? So often, I mean, I see it constantly where people are being twice too cute with the Word of God. I think the Word of God is tremendously exciting, okay? I think that, it's, that we can laugh and we can rejoice and we're called to do so over the things the Lord has given us. But this uh, fake fraudulent type of thing, oh, it's just sickening. Uh, so that's what happens. People come up with foolish questions, and they think that they're being wise, and they think they're being so insightful. And all they're doing is stirring controversies. So verse 9, he tells us to avoid these things, avoid these foolish controversies. And then he also tells us to avoid genealogies, okay? Genealogies. He said, well, what is that? Well, people really get hung up on these things. They want to know about these questions that are deep, you know, dark and theological. They want to know about what the lineage of somebody is. And where I am now, sometimes it's quite simple. It's something like this. Where do you go to church? <laughs> you know, where do you go to church? In other words, what is your spiritual genealogy? I'm going to put you in a little box. I'm going to put you in a corner right here to where we can have a dispute about something. No, no, no. Now, when... In Jesus' day, and even in our day-to-day, -day, people were very, very aware of the genealogy. You know, are you Jew? Are you Gentile? You know, if you're of this genealogy right here, is this what should be happening? And he said, avoid controversies over these things. So avoid foolish controversies. Avoid the genealogies. Avoid strife. 
Okay, strife. What what is strife? It's really the idea of contention, of wrangling, and it, it really in this context right here is that people who love that, who love that type of strife, love that wrangling. He said, avoid that kind of thing, avoid disputes, which is really battling, fighting. Uh, but especially uh, controversies over the law, because here it says disputes about the law, disputes over the Mosaic law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. So look what he tells us to avoid. Avoid foolish controversies. Avoid genealogies. Avoid strife. Avoid disputes, and uh, particularly disputes about the law. Now, you're not, you're not always going to be able to avoid these things, but how you handle them is very important. He tells us they are unprofitable and worthless. I think there's tremendous things to be learned in the law, and we need to know about it, but I'm not going to argue with anybody. I'm not going to fight with anybody. The same way with the new covenant. A lot of times people say, well, what happens if you know, you're arguing and there's two different um, opinions about the truth? Well, there's only one truth. <laughs> no matter what the issue is, there's only one truth. And so we would do well to seek the mind of the Most High God rather than trying to convince one another. And the place you start with that is you say this, well, what saith the word of the Lord? And if we don't go to the word of the Lord as our first step, then everything else is just going to be foolish, controversies, genealogy, strife, disputes about the law. Remember this, that is unprofitable. It's worthless. Don't get caught up on it. in it. Today, it's centered around denominationalism. Maybe we'll pick that up next time, okay? Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you then. Goodbye.